Okay. Special Johnny Manziel breakdown of the documentary. Yeah, this is a this is a Texas State lens of the Johnny Manziel documentary. I thought it was fucking horseshit. First things first. Can I just say, if ESPN does it, it's a better documentary. If it's a thirty for thirty, it's more. It's a better journalistic documentary. That's the first thing. They only had, if you count how many like interviews they had, they had four interviews. Johnny, Johnny's friend, he hasn't talked to since like twenty what thirteen. Cliff Kingsbury, which is a great reliable source, and a Texas guy who's essentially a cult leader in College Station. That's four interviews that they did. Oh, and they had Johnny's sister, who's going to tell you a lot about like Johnny Manziel. Documentary. Oh, and Paul and the grandpa who just laughs in the camera. We have all this cash. Can't go buy a flight. So I remember calling my grandpa one day and asking him, hey, is there any way that I could, you know, give you some cash? And then you're able to give me a check. So I'm able to put some money into the bank account. <laughs> and my grandpa's a fucking G. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, the, they pulled the fucking grandpa out and they said, ask him two things and he moved on. <laughs> All right. So whatever. Seven. There's like seven people who were interviewed for this documentary. It wasn't a documentary. Journalism was not done here. That's the first thing. The second thing. I was not a fan of Johnny Manziel in 2011 or 2012, whatever. I wasn't a big fan of Johnny. Uh, watching him play college football was exciting. It was lightning in a bottle. But the arguments that came after this, the arguments that came after the Johnny Manziel Heisman, is he better than Tim Tebow? Could Johnny Manziel win a national championship? Is Johnny better than Cam Newton? This is insane. This is crazy. And now you look at it through this lens. It's been 10 years since he won. And I can think of Joe Burrow having a better Heisman year. I think Kyler Murray had a pretty damn good Heisman year. So Johnny isn't even a top, like, what, two Heisman winners in the last 10 years. He's also a shithead. And that's the thing that bothered me the most, Jacob. Because we know shitheads. We went to Texas State, right? And don't pretend that there aren't shitheads that go to Texas State. We literally, I'm, a, I'm a fan of some shitheads. Johnny is just the worst type of guy. Actually, we're talking about moving, right? I think the peak shithead is like first semester, your freshman year. You meet the worst fucking people ever. And you're like, how the fuck did you get here? Yeah, and I think Johnny never advanced past that. Now, am I happy that he got help? Of course. Am I happy that he got paid as a college athlete and as a pro union guy? For sure. But the thing is, is that like I knew guys who modeled how they acted after Johnny football. And those guys sucked. Like Drake? Well, no, I mean personally. I have people personally in my life who acted like Johnny Football after Johnny Manziel got popular. And it's like nobody likes those. I don't like those guys. So Here's I don't my know. thing. I'm glad you went down the responsible, like, journalistic route. You got all those takes off. Because I can just come in with my fucking Texas State wrecking ball and just trash this fucking documentary. First of all, it was only an hour. As you said, I think ESPN does a great job with all their documentaries. They're paced. They're, even if it's a series, it's so good uh, in like the matter of which they're paced. It opens up to the scene of Johnny Manziel at this party at his house in Scottsdale. And so you're you're like, I thought this was like a recovery slash like in the weeds kind of documentary of like his lifestyle and like what it led up to this shit. And so the whole time is like this lens of like there's a party literally happening right now at Johnny Manziel's house. And he's just drinking a beer, hanging out talking about addiction and mental health and it's just fucking AM like apologist bullshit basically because it's like what did we learn here like nothing like we we learned nothing 
And ultimately, like what my biggest gripe about this documentary, besides Paul Manzel, like basically being like, why didn't Kevin Sumlin raise my son for two Zero and a half accountability. years? Zero fucking Zero accountability for his family. And I guess at one point, like, I do agree, like, with the Manzels, right? Like, what were they going to tell this kid who's the first freshman to win the Heisman? Did all this fucking accolades, was making money out the ass and, you know, like all this shit, right? What do you tell a kid like that? I think at the end of the day, being a fucking father is like the biggest responsibility you have, right? You got to get your kid and be, hey, man, you're fucking up. Bro, my pro dad would have put me through a fucking wall if I did anything like that. Pro pro father podcast over here. So this is and you really hit a good point here because the accountability factor for Johnny is undeniably awful. Like he takes zero accountability for any of his actions. The other thing is, and I, I made this a point to one of my friends who went to AM, not around the same around the same time. And I said, like, I think that Johnny doesn't work at UT. But I know UT fans watch that and they go like, oh, he wanted to come to UT. Oh, he could have been a Longhorn. I don't think he works in UT. I don't think he works in Not Tuscaloosa. for sure. Like I don't think. No. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have let Johnny be Johnny. But I'm saying even like, let's go to Old Miss or let's go to Florida. We're, Florida, really good example here. He might have done Florida, really well at Tech, actually. Now that I'm where things, things go crazy in, in Gainesville. But I don't think Urban Meyer lets that shit slide. I think that he is. And look, I don't like Urban Meyer as much as the next guy. The Pouncey twins are awful. Hernandez did his shit, right? Um, Riley Cooper was a racist. Like, he had a, a really loose program in Florida. But I don't think he lets his Heisman winning quarterback do what Johnny Manziel did. I think there's more accountability in the Florida program, which is saying something here, than at AM. Which is awful. And that's why AM consistently is the way that they are. And that's why they're going to continue to be an eight win program because they don't have any parents. There's no leader in the locker room. And this goes to Jimbo, too, to make it current. I think Jimbo Fisher runs a pretty loose program himself. And that's why these teams aren't winning in College Station. But the College Station fans don't see that. They got the, the blinders on. They got that Qatari money, man. I'm telling you. Uh, my next point, right? And this is the thing that actually pissed me off while watching this documentary. And before I say it to like, I love Johnny Manziel. He's the reason I actually wanted to go to A&M. Like that, like that entire era, you know, of, of Texas A&M. I was like, I'm bought in. Like The else? two years, and the two years of Johnny. That's like what it was for, right? It was for those guys who were like fucking douchebag, like me, like wanting to be a part of that uh, thing. Ultimately, I'm better off for not going to A&M. I was the editor-in-chief of the University Star. My career has flourished. Uh, all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. The thing that pissed me off was I was like, okay, what if Johnny was black? Like he wouldn't have gotten even through a fraction of his career at AM had he done anything that he had done. Like, you know, and that's what this is at the end of the day is that he was a fucking white quarterback who was empowered by a system that like did this, you know, like, it, and so it's just like zero accountability. And that's where that comes from too. It's like, if he was black, like he might've been in jail, honestly, the NCAA that's would have pressed charges on him. That is not a take I've heard yet. I really like it. I think that was really good. And then, like, because I just remember being so mad the year that Lamar Jackson declared for the draft and how everybody was like, he should be a running back. He should be a receiver. He he did what Johnny did at Louisville. He put them on the map. He did everything in his power. He was a Heisman front runner, And still won the Heisman. Won the Heisman. Exactly. Even better. But, like, he did everything that he could possibly do, and it still wasn't enough for the fucking white people in the league to be like, let him play, let him cook. You know, it took 
an ally, thank God, one of the Harborough brothers to be like, hey, let him cook. I'm going to change my entire offense around him. And he won an MVP. So, and now he's and one he's, of the highest paid fucking quarterbacks in the league. And he's still yeah. in the fucking league. Yeah. And Johnny didn't last the season. And he represents himself. How about that? <laughs> Untold is the rage that this podcast had towards that stupid documentary. I was, pissed, if you call dude. It that. I was really mad at the end of it. I was like, what the fuck? And then it what? finishes and it's still the party at Johnny Manziel's house. Yeah. I just. Yeah, there wasn't and there. I wish they wouldn't have done the Brown stuff at all. They could have. They, they had to, it, but just I, at A&M. I wish they just ended it at AM because that was more interesting to me. And you have your you have his best friend talk, but they haven't talked in ten years. Nate, like, whatever his how's that work? It was like the estranged lover in the Aaron Hernandez doc. I was like, where is this going? Like, yes, I mean, Netflix it's an important part, right? Like, Netflix sports documentaries are very good. That's my hot take. Netflix sports documentaries they have they've got one coming out about uh, the Florida Wait. football team. We'll see if that's any good. They have one about Jake Paul, right? Yeah. Where this like old untold series has gone or they've done some other stuff too i think but i was very unimpressed it's not a good documentary i think our society's like uh like barometer for like what a good documentary has been watered down so much in recent years that it's like and we're the journalists watching this so maybe we always will think like that the 30 for 30s the first run that they had was just so great like those those documentaries were legit good journalism documentaries and even the even the lance armstrong one that came out during the pandemic was like legitimately good reporting is solid but now we have ones that are produced by the the people who are in them like if you do a documentary on yourself that's why biographies are always better sources than autobiographies right because a biographer is going to tell the good the bad and the ugly and autobiography is only going to tell maybe the good and the ugly it's not going to do the bad Wait for that and, self-produced Patrick Mahomes doc coming very soon. Maybe. But I think, but I think to his credit, quarterbacks was pretty good. Quarterbacks was good. I, I liked it. And I hate Kirk Cousins. So somehow he managed to to win me over. Yeah. I, I think that that has been better. But again, how much did Netflix do and how much did the NFL do? Because that felt more like an NFL property than a Netflix property. It, yeah, well, it was uh, Peyton Manning was the executive producer on it, and they asked Dak Prescott but, too. They were like, "Hey, how come you didn't do this?" And he was like, "I was approached, and I asked Peyton Manning if this is something you would do when you were playing," and he said, "No." Said, Whatever. Okay. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes has the same amount of rings as Manning does in like a third of the time. So okay, whatever. Yeah, anyway, like, yeah, you're very busy, fucking Dak. But, you had six more weeks off than everybody else, dickhead. Yeah. Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. Welcome to Squaring Around. I'm your host, Jacob Rodriguez. That's the te- Oh, wait, no. Other way around. I'm the Texas State Sports Prez, and that's Jacob Rodriguez. Uh, Did you really forget your that? Your co-host. Was that, was that a... Was that a <laughs> what was that? Other side of the coin. Ooh, I like it. Um, Andy, we've been talking about fall camp a lot. 
Hard Knocks is in the it's happening. I, I, I know people are like, I guess, glad that Hard Knocks comes around every year, but also they're like, it's the same problem. Well, yeah, no shit. They're at training camp. That's the whole premise of the show is they're at training camp and we're following the team with maybe the best narrative in the NFL at this moment. It's funny because, like, I hate Aaron Rodgers more than I probably hate Sin itself. And to see the people complaining about hard knocks, I would like to remind everybody, this is probably the best hard knocks we've gotten since maybe the Browns a couple years ago. The Browns one was kind of interesting. Cowboys year sucked, the- man. Huh? Cowboys year sucked last year. Yeah. Oh, that one was awful last year. So my thing is, like, I'm okay with it being a little hit and miss or whatever. The funniest part, okay, I got two things here. Funniest part is that Aaron Rodgers absolutely alphaing everybody on that team when he comes in. Yeah. What's up, little bitch, huh? What are you doing? What are you doing, huh? You look fat as shit. You said 260. No, I did not. Yes, we said 260. No, 79. What are you at? Five over. You're what? I hate Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of cool. He's a walking Hall of Famer, right? That's kind of like his role. But you know what? Peyton and Tom, when they both went to their teams, were kind of like, I'm going to help people like learn how to win. Aaron Rodgers, who's only won one ring, by the way. I know it's a Super Bowl, whatever. But like, He did it by himself, though, because he had Mike McCarthy. Hasn't done a whole lot. Yeah, right. He carried 400 pounds up to the mountaintop. He got a, what's that guy? His OC that used to be at Denver. You know, he got an entire fucking head coaching job, basically. Yeah, yeah. So... The fact that he just shows up and is essentially just like, look, I'm going to teach you guys how to win. I think that's really funny. The second thing. Now, Jacob, college athletics, very much different than than the pro level. Of course, of course. Would you be interested in a hard knocks type show with college football? And if you are, would Texas State make the list of teams? Uh, I think it would, actually, this year specifically, because, you know, every year Texas, well, every I should say every two or three years, Texas State has the same version of this show that they pitch out. They're like, hey, last year we were two and ten. Now we're going to get a fuck ton of transfers and we're going to change the narrative of college football. And it's just going to be like NCAA, the one you play in your video games. (laughs) I like it. I I think that this would be a very interesting one. Um, I know we got a lot of mailbag stuff to get to. I want to throw this in here. I don't know if it made the rundown or not. Our boy GJ looked tired. You gave me grief when I joined the, the call and you said, or the, the Zoom, and you said, you look like death. And I was like, hey, look, dude, I'm working a full-time job over here. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, GJ working a full-time job and a half and also was on the stage looking like Madonna yesterday trying to get those kids excited. I think he forgot to smile for his own selfie. I don't know if anybody else has ever done that in the history of selfies, forgotten to smile for a photo you're taking of yourself. That's so like, my the, guy that's like the head coaching pose. You know, you, what are you going to have? Like some smiley, good, happy-go-lucky guy? What are we going to have? You want Jake Spavadol or do you want Oppenheimer? I am death becomer of worlds. Dog. I, and the other thing is, and I, I told you about this, and we're going to bring it up now. I went through that photo that he posted on his Twitter. It's going to be up here right now, probably, because Jacob's a great producer. Uh, go through that and look. I don't see a single kid throwing the bird. I, personally, a little disappointed. Texas State losing its edge. I think we've lost the recipes. The kids used to be insane. You take a photo, post it on the internet, there's going to be somebody who thinks they're obnoxious. They're going to flip the bird to the camera. Flash I didn't the see camera. A single middle f- moon the camera. Moon nothing. the camera. I didn't see. I saw none of that. Zero fingers. Nothing. No pipe on know, the camera. Shout out to the kids. They show respect to Coach Kenny. But, uh, you know, 
Texas State loses its edge. That's all I'm going to say. At Texas State, class of 2027, very well behaved. <laughs> Welcome to school, everybody. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the G.J. Kenny era. Kicking off in like, what are we, like 19, 18, something, teen days away. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, that's our longest uh, standard intro ever. <laughs> I was I was impressed. I guess okay. This is why I was talking about fucking hard knocks, right? Because I went to fall camp. Actually, <laughs> what a segue! Our crew got our asses out of San Antonio. <laughs> our podcast is based in Bandera, Texas, so we got our asses on the road. I was stuck in an hour and a half of fucking traffic outside <laughs> of Selma, Texas, which. Is is kind of like a, a biting notion on two different fronts. The first is that I lost $32 at the horse track last week on that Selma. Shout out Rotama Racetrack for a good time. I did bite into a burger and then have a bone, you know, hit my fake tooth. At least what? it was the fake one. What? Yeah, it was some sort of, I don't know if they put a horse down and then I ate that horse later that day. Uh, not That's a lot insane. of winners, though. Tristan actually was up like 100 bucks though. Shout out Tristan. I know that's right. He uh, made money off the horses, huh? Good on him. Yeah, not bad. He, he looks like I, somebody who would know the ponies. I think at the end of the night, he lost like 40 bucks. And I lost basically like $40 too. So, you know. That's not bad. And your girlfriend's okay with your gambling addiction? Yeah, she she did see me like lock in, you know, when you were betting on Fall Guys when you came for Christmas. But here's the thing. I never got any money out of that. Nobody paid up. Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of like. Bags, yeah. Yeah, it was intensity for intensity's sake only. We that's, even put on, for, for all our wonderful viewers at home, we put on like Madden, like a simulation of a game. Nobody's playing the game physically, but we're simulating the game between two fucking random teams. And Zimmel put money on the game and he was locked into this fucking simulation to the point where we look, couldn't leave to where we were going next. No, no. And also, I was right. I was winning. I was up. So the fact I didn't get my money. Everybody's a winner until they unplug that little computer in there. You know, I know bad, bad on the, on the host of the show. That's fine. Anyway, once I finally got to fucking San Marcos after being stuck in traffic outside of New Braunfels for the better part of my morning, after I worked a full eight hours, I was like, shit, should I get a new card? Because if you guys saw our last podcast, I'm sorry for our audio quality, by the way, that's why I'm using this new mic trying to figure out our new equipment. Uh, but you know, this needed some finer tuning and I, <laughs> I needed to pay attention better, but I needed a new memory card. So I pull into Best Buy. Best Buy is under construction. Doesn't open till 10. Shit. Get back in my car. Go to the stadium. Pull up to the stadium. Have to pee like a fucking racehorse because I've been in my car for three and a half hours. And then finally walk onto the field. And the first thing I get to see is TJ Finley and Malik Hornsby throwing passes to each other. Not really to each other, but two receivers. You get what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I was going to say to each other. What is this? Like backyard football? Like what's yeah. going on here? Jacob yeah. Rodriguez is a horse I would bet on, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, so, okay. What would you think of our two uh, our two guys? Well, first of all, it was just kind of cool. Like I, I walked out. That's the first thing I see. You know, it's like kind of like, you know, I believe in the universe. The universe has powers. You know, you see what you want to see, you know. Uh They'll feel the dreams action for you. Yeah. And so the very first thing I walk into is the intense quarterback battle battling out right in front of me. That's kind of cool. And so TJ Finley was wearing hot pink cleats, uh, very like calm, super poised demeanor. And I was talking to the photographer for the San Marcos Daily Record, our guy Gerald. He's been there forever, always shooting games and stuff. So it's just cool to catch up, shoot the shit with them. 
Um, and then out of nowhere, Malik makes a pretty fun play, rolls out, and just starts talking shit to me and Gerald. It was awesome. Not like in a bad way talking shit, but like in a good way about his own performance. So it's really cool to see a you charged and Gerald up both. You and Gerald, like on each other's shoulders, would probably see Hornsby's chin. So I bet. That, I mean, you're pretty small. So. Well, yeah, but you got to take it. Okay, so I was there for the press conference, and then you know a little bit of practice beforehand. So I, I got there like at nine thirty. So I probably saw just under an hour of their total pra- package or okay. practice. And I even shot some video too, but not you can use that video because apparently I was filming during the part where they didn't want me to film. So yeah, I t- can't give away company secrets. I yeah, get shout it. Shout out our boy uh, Chris Coots. But I didn't white balance my camera either. Like I was just fucking around basically with my camera the whole time because I hadn't taken this thing out to shoot since we had done our thing last week. So yeah. you know, so let me let, I'll, let me get in the head of the fan listening to the podcast. Who looked better? Um, I definitely saw Malik throw more. Uh, I thought yeah. Malik looked pretty good, but I had never seen TJ throw at all. So that's what I was paying the closest, right? Because I saw, obviously, I saw Malik throw during spring game. He looked great, looked electric. Uh, but now, obviously, both of them actually know what they're doing. They weren't running real plays. They were just kind of like taking a snap, throwing a ball, taking a snap, throwing a ball. Okay. Uh, and I got to see some deep threat, too, from our guy, uh, Drew Donnelly, who's supposed to be the fastest guy on the team, not Malik Hornsby. Uh, but they were just taking deep shots and making the receiver jump up with some pressure around them. Very fun. Yeah. They can all make throws. They can all make catches. Can they do it against the Baylor Bears is the fucking question I've been asking everybody. So, of course, I asked GJ again, and he said they still need to practice, which is, if you remember from the Sunbelt Conference, media days, that's exactly what I asked him, and that's exactly what he told me again. I asked you, Coach, uh, during Sunbelt media days, what we needed to do before basically Baylor, now that you've had time to practice and stuff like, can you give me anything more, any direction, uh, stuff that you guys are keying in on now? What, what's the question? Just like what you guys need to do now ahead of Baylor. Yeah, I think just, just more practices, more reps with those guys. Um, I've tried to do more team uh, probably than I have previously just because those guys need that. Um, they need the, the, the reps together. Um, at all positions, the quarterback needs to see different looks. The receivers need to see the different looks. The O line needs to see different looks. Defense needs to to line up to different uh, formations and motions. Uh, we, we have walkthroughs at night that have been really good. The special teams part of it. So I think we're just uh, you know battling against time a little bit and just making sure the right guys are on the field and we're putting them in the right spot. Um, and you, you, you're really not going to know that until the game, though. You're, you're really not. Um, that's why, you know, someone asked the, the quarterback is the hardest position to evaluate because we're, we're not going live with these guys. We're not, we're not going out there and tackling the quarterback. So, um, you know, it, it'll be a, a true eval early. So really got nowhere on the talking shit towards Baylor aspect. But, you know, talked a little bit of hard knocks, too. We talked about the pageantry of fall camp itself and keeping it light, keeping it fun. You just mentioned how much of a long day he had. I think they had another morning practice today. Let's say he was at that big Texas State whatever celebration hootenanny last night outside of uh, Alkek. Like, he yes. had a morning practice, too. So he's gotten, like, what, six hours of sleep before practice this morning? I. Uh- yeah, all right. I I'm I'm why I care about like the fall practice. I do want to circle back to the 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 big meeting that they had yesterday for the class of 2027. Mm-hmm. I do there's there's more takes I have on that, but please let's continue here. So quarterback room. 
You going Hornsby? You going TJ? What you know, you I said this shit on Texan Live, man. If he, so you're, you're staying, you're riding with it. I okay. got to keep the take alive, man. And okay. look great. Look great. Okay. So I, I, I like where your head's at. I'm, I'm going Hornsby too. He's been there longer. I do not like what Craven has been telling us, which is we're going to see both quarterbacks in the Baylor game. I, know I don't like that at all. Both, though, like it's how can you? I not? don't want to see both. I, I, I want want the game to be so close that we have to stick with one guy. That is that is a dream scenario. Is it likely? Not really. I think we will probably see both. I don't want to see both. As a fan, I want to see Malik ball out and win that game on his own merit. And I want to shut all those Waco fans up and say, like, look, this is it. This is Texas State. We are here. We're we're gonna win games. That's what I that is what I want as the sports press. As a normal, as a as a journalist, capital J journalist over here, uh, cause squaring around and breaking some news lately, I would say the odds of us seeing both quarterbacks are pretty good. Um so yeah. but you still have Malik. Still TJ probably too. Okay. Got yeah. it. That's what I that's, that's what I, what I'm most curious about. That's kind of like what GJ is doing too. I mean, like they haven't made up their mind on who their starter is. And it's it's evident. I mean, they're just politicking basically at these press conferences. Your offense is gonna, you know, just because they have different physical capabilities. Obviously, Malik is a is a unbelievable runner. Uh, he has a really strong arm. Um, so he's done he he's earned the right to start. Malik has, for sure. Um, and I think TJ's come in here and he has has done everything the right way he throws the ball um, unbelievable it's just whether what's our offense going to look like i think that's something me and coach left would really have to this next couple of days really have to figure out what, what you know what we want um see how the scrimmage goes tomorrow see which guys plays better um and then really you know what 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 guy gives us the best opportunity to win week one um but i think both those guys um, have really earned the right to, to start so it, it really is a tough decision it's not like one of them they're not both doing like they're both playing really well i come off the practice field every day going wow it's a good problem to have but you know obviously at one point we got to pick somebody which is why like if you ask like more than three questions it's like why am I here for your other podcast? Like, you know, let's get this show on the road. Let's get back to practice, basically. If that's what you need to do to figure this out. Um, but yeah, both of them look good. Everybody looked good. I actually saw Lincoln Perry too, who's out on the field. You know, he tore his ACL, so he's recovering from that. Uh, but he was hitting the stanky leg, having a good time. It was a very light, fun practice. I don't know if that was just because the media was there or because you know. <laughs> Whatever. I think they're feeling good. I, I think that they're probably feeling pretty good right now as we when get close to the game. When I walk in, day. sit up straight. That's what we had to do, you know? The, you, you mentioned the pageantry of the fall. There's also a, something to be said for we want to beat up on somebody else. There's We've been hitting each other for four months, five months. I want to hit somebody else. I want to hit the guy in the green and gold. Um, so I think that there's probably a part of that be at play as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. As far as like health wise, I think they're making it out pretty okay too, which is the most important thing. Well, uh, except for the guy that just tore his ACL, but yeah. Well, so Perry. Yeah, you know, I mean, but that happens, right? Unfortunately, in football. I when you say that they're coming out of camp healthy, it's like yeah, but like also we lost a top two running back. Well, top two, but he wasn't top one. Hey, <laughs> and then we had what we have 50 transfers. like, okay, there's going to be some guys from last year that are not going to play. I'm sorry to be the one that fucking tells everybody that there's only 11 people that play football at one time. Look, but you'd like, you'd like to have your number two running back healthy at a camp. So the number sorry. Two? I'm not sure. 
We need to have a depth chart release from this team. Is everybody just making their own fucking depth charts at home? I don't think so. I'm just saying that when you're like, we're coming out of spring healthy or fall healthy. I'm like, oh, okay. the, the entire fall camp, all we lose is a running back. Unfortunately, it is Lincoln Perry this year. I, you know, that's not the worst thing that can happen to this team. Lincoln Perry, he said it, not me. We're, we're good. We can move on. I said, unfortunately, I don't, obviously I don't want to see anybody hurt, but relatively speaking, the but you're saying somebody's like a, you're, not, you're doing, you're doing the, we don't point fingers over here, but if we were to point a finger, well, <laughs> unfortunately the finger's pointing, man, I'm sorry. That's fine. That's you fine. Your ACL, not mine. That's fine. Lincoln Perry, number one fan over here, but that's just, yeah, keep it, keep it fan. true. Number yeah. one fan until you fumble the ball, maybe. Zimmel's a fair weather fan. He's not A. He's not going to fumble the ball this year. You're right. <laughs> no, I, I think we've stayed relatively healthy. Um, you know, you're always going to have, you know, some hamstrings and some hip flexors and, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, major injuries, yeah, we stayed really healthy, to be honest with you. Um, and I, and, and I'd, I feel like I do a really good job of, of um, taking care of guys' bodies and the way we practice. Um, and then sometimes, you know, some of those older guys, those vet guys, hey, we, we give them, a, you know, a couple periods here. Maybe we'll give them a day here um, just because, you know, I think at, at this point in the stage, year one, we got to get these guys to the game. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Dr. Calvin Hill this year. And I, I want to see – I was very high on Denario Davenport and uh, Ishmael Mahdi. They brought in a crazy running back room. Do any of those guys have, like, relevant tape aside from Dr. Calvin Hill, who's – you know, you can see him from the very existence of this team, basically? No. No, I'm pretty sure he was here when they built a school. No. He, we, we got more than enough tape on him. Also, I, apparently, look- Texas State moving was a complete clusterfuck. Talking about the class of 2027. Duh, that's, that's all anybody wanted like to that. talk to me about. They were like, isn't this crazy? I don't, what, do you have a move-in story? First, well, yeah, I, well, of course. First in, you don't live there. So what What do you care? Yeah, I know. I was like, there's no skin off my dick. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> why, why do I care that they had a tough time? Yeah. Oh, no, move-in. We, we moved in in 2016. We moved 8, in. 8,000 freshmen, by the way. That's 8,000? That yeah, our freshman class was just over 6,000, I'm pretty sure. God damn. So when we moved in, I don't know Back if it in was our day, week, it was the same, yeah, same weekend for you. Uh, Frank Ocean had just dropped his album uh, and it was it was hot. It was humid. I moved into tower, which looks like a prison cell. It's been lost now because they built San Marcos up so much that it's just another one of the big buildings. But at the time, it was one of the bigger buildings in San Marcos. The tiny parking lot. The tiny little parking garage next to Tower. The one has, that everybody scrapes their car on as they drive up. Yes, except for my dad, who saw that and was like, we are not doing that. We are, we are going to pull back out the bottom. We are not doing that whole thing. They actually um, like, have like a UPD officer like directing traffic in the garage sometimes because of how shitty it gets. And then like, oh, you know, 100%. All, all these overwhelmed freshmen like, we're going to get to... And and their overwhelmed parents. So I'm my stuff was pretty easy. I've always packed light. The hardest thing to move was probably the uh, the mini fridge that I had, and that I pawned off of my brother. I was like, here, you can carry that, buddy. The bad thing, the elevator was broken. Seventh floor, carrying stuff up seven floors was not fun. I had to take like four showers the first day because it was just so humid and hot. Um, but I mean, it was the first day of the rest of my life, and now my calves have never looked better. Thank you, Texas State. I moved into the sixth floor of Jackson Hall in 2016. Jackson Hall, by the way, 
I guess formerly had the star on it. I'm not sure what's wrong with the star on Jackson Hall, but now when you say like light the star on Jackson Hall, like that's not longer true. I know there's something, some sort of a plan in the works in my conversations with Dr. Kelly Danfus about this stuff. Um, I think used to have the star doesn't have the star. Who cares? What's the whole dormitory though? Should be like the hunchback of Notre Dame when like the students are in charge of lighting the you know the star. I think that's a pretty good moniker for that. You know, you put all the students in Jackson Hall. There's only two male floors in Jackson Hall. I'm pretty sure still. This is mm. six in the eighth floor or six in the second, something like that. I was on the sixth floor. I had a great time. Met uh, one of our closest friends, Daniel Richter, and uh, yeah, yeah. But He's no, it wasn't, it wasn't a cluster right now. It's just like hot dogs, right? Like it's just like a shit here all around. Yeah, no, it was it, well. Ours wasn't that bad. Eight thousand, I can imagine, though, did get pretty, pretty tough. And it's one hundred and ten degrees, and there was no humidity in San Marcos. It was just Man. really hot. Man, Man, it's too hot for me. Get used Man. to it. Where did yeah. where did these people move from? The Midwest? Like, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, you got a thousand. That's a lot. How many eight thousand freshmen? How many do you think show up to the first home football game of the eight thousand? Fifteen hundred of the eight thousand. Of the 8,000 freshmen who are on campus, who just came to campus, how many do you think go to the first football game? It would be interesting to see if we could do like half of the year with the old tailgate central and then half of the year with the new tailgate central, like how it's going to be this year with all that south end zone complex stuff. Because I really am interested to see how that's going to affect things. And they're going to say, oh, well, it's never been better. It's never been better. No. No, I I hope 4,000 to the first one feels like a lot. 1,500 of the first home game for the freshman class would be a big win. 4,000 for the last home game, that would be an excellent season for Texas State. That means that Texas State's going bowling. If 4,000 freshmen show up to that game. Because that means the entire student section would be jam-packed. Completely packed. Which would be at 50%. That's insane. Sorry. For those of you listening, I was trying to quickly look up like what our total game day. Okay, this is the total game day numbers for Texas State for last year. Last See, year, you can't, total you throw total out, attendance for the you entire throw year. That out. Six games, one hundred and five thousand. That's an average of seventeen thousand people going per game. And those numbers are kind of smudged a little bit too, but whatever. Well, how do you smudge those numbers though? They well. Uh, if you buy season tickets and you don't go to any games, those season tickets count. No, they don't. So if if Jacob Rodriguez buys season tickets, those that are counts. these are tickets. Yeah, no, uh, that's, that's how you get count. that number. No, you are wrong. That's not how you get that number. So well, I can tell you, Jacob, that they've announced seventeen thousand before, and there were not seventeen thousand people in that stadium. I uh, you know. There were. I'm telling. Look, as somebody who was in the stadium when You're I could telling count me Texas on, State lies to people. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I counted one time. I counted in the press box six hundred heads in front of us. I don't six hundred heads from the press. Count to six hundred in the press box. You don't think I can count six hundred? We're punting every other play, so I think I had some time. <laughs> I guess you do have some time on your hands now that I think about it. Let me see the game day attendance numbers from last year. Can you pontificate for a little bit for me? Well, I'm, what I'm saying is that seventy thousand, maybe seventy thousand last year. Um, whatever. I wasn't there. I don't know. But I remember there were years when they were giving us wacky numbers. And I'm like, look, there is much, much, much more silver in the stands than I see heads. You know what? I I was disagreeing with you at first, but I just pulled up the FIU, the home opener from last year. I was at this game. I did not go to the game. I was too drunk to go to the game. I just had a good time with my friends. 
18,000 people in San Marcos for that. I don't buy that shit for a second in the stadium. Um, but hey, you know, I, I look, I'm, I'm not saying like the only person who, let, let me put it this way media members outside, right? As just like fans, there's one guy who's been to more Texas State football games in the time that I have been a Texas State fan. So 2016 till now, there's only one guy who's beaten me who's been that I know of, and that's Tom Madden. So if Tom Madden wants to pop up here and be like, hey, guess what, guys? You're both wrong. I counted. It's 17,000. If he tells me it's 17,000, I'll buy it. But Texas State tell me 17,000, not buying it at all. And we should have him as our uh, fan correspondent, Tom Madden. Tweet at us. Yeah. I love Tom. Tom Tom's is, a great guy. Great follow. And Tom's when I best. see him getting jumped by a bunch of roadrunners, that's the only person I jump back in for. My guy Tom Madden. Oh, this one, this one will kind of make your eyes go, whoop. Um, twenty five thousand for the app state game last year. I think I kind of buy that. A lot like, of Brady fans. Maybe north of twenty. A lot of Brady a lot of Brady McBride fans. So how would you, if you were an SID, would you rather like give these like verbatim numbers or would you rather be like, we had more than 20,000 people here? Uh, I would, I would say I would lie. I would do what they do now. Yeah. <laughs> what were our <laughs> homecoming numbers? Our homecoming numbers last year, 16,000. I think we can, Texas State can draw north of 15,000 people for sure. Okay. Whether or not it's 17 or 18 for like a given, you know, like a six game home game stand. I don't know how how many freshmen go to the first game. That's that was the question to start. Uh, let's say thirty five hundred for sure. Out of almost eight, half almost half of the incoming freshmen go to that first football game. I think that was like I remember my first homecoming game, and I remember a no, lot. I'm of not saying home. I'm saying first first home game. Not oh yeah, homecoming. I'm saying I'm, I'm not a I I meant to say home game. My bad, not homecoming. Yeah. Homecoming's the, Troy, so I hope you show up. We're gonna need the you. First, the first game that we went to was it was against Houston, who was six in the nation. We had sixty thousand people that went to that game. So, what year like, was that? Twenty sixteen, right? Twenty sixteen, yeah. So that's a little different than I think. What's our first home game? Nevada this year. Uh, Jackson yes. State. Yeah. Nevada, you're right. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be real here. Like seventy two thousand. Oh wait, never mind. That was fucking stupid. Uh, thirty-three thousand for that Houston game, not sixty thousand. I don't even think Bobcat Stadium can hold sixty thousand people. Whatever, that's a lot. Shout out to us, thirty-three. So we doubled basically our home game attendance for the entire year, and that one in twenty sixteen. And that, and that is why you, that is why you schedule teams like that. You lose sixty-six to three, but that's why you scheduled games like that. So because you know this is what the stadium looks like when it's packed, and it had I've never seen it that packed since. I want to get to our fan mail. Okay. Jacob, University of Texas, El Paso, El Paso. UTEP, the Miners. This is a historic program. This is a program that has a ton of history, not only across football, but also men's basketball. They got a home field deal for us. Deservedly so, I think. Deservedly so. I love our friends over there in El Paso. However, home field, call us. We got a lot of good Boco ideas. Anyway. I might go buy some. I might go rock some, rock some UTEP gear as I travel the United States 
go back up to North Dakota, and, uh, you know, I got to rock a hoodie, and they got some of those over there at home field. Do you have any sort of deal that could help me out if I also want to jump on the UTEP bandwagon? Yeah, the way to help you out there would be using promo code SQUARE. We keep it easy for you over here. SQUARE across all promos. The more important thing, the more more important thing, though, home field, go support them, and then, of course, you can get 10% off using SQUARE for first-time users. Yeah, first-time users, 15% off. Uh, returning users, 10% off. Mm, Keep wow. coming back, paying it back to the almighty square gods. A lot of uh, good stuff. A lot of good stuff. UTEP, University of Texas, A&M, and of course, NDSU, Bison as well. Got a lot of different things. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. This was actually one that I was going to bring up last week. <laughs> Because it was so funny when I read it. Um, you know, I get emails about all this shit because I have all of our shit linked to my stuff because I'm lazy. Um, the Colonel from YouTube said, I'm a Vanderbilt guy, so I know about pulling for a bad team, but these guys are outright delusional. <laughs> That's on our Sunbelt preview episode, basically. What do you mean? What do you mean? We, we literally... <laughs> We literally went through. We were like, "This team in the West is good. This yeah, team in the West." That's on good. the episode this that was like, "How good is the Sun Belt?" I think also any Sun Belt team could probably beat Vandy football, except Texas State. Maybe don't don't bet that, on us. Jeez, or ULM or Arkansas State, but the top ones, the top just, maybe the East could definitely maybe not it, ODU, it, but the they'd East. hang for three quarters. They'd hang for three quarters. Yeah, that's funny. I don't think we're. I don't think we're delusional. I think we were very. Optimistic, maybe, but delusional. No, I don't think so. How delusional is me thinking go that like some guy from fucking Vanderbilt is getting mad at us for our Texas State takes about the sun. Dude, don't even start with the SEC. Don't even start. Uh, whatever. Point is, is that del- we're not. I don't. I personally do not think we're that delusional. That's funny though. Uh, this is from 12 days ago. Vince McNeil commented, most of my information news about Texas State comes from Twitter, message boards, and podcasts such as this one. I haven't read a newspaper in years. Why should I? <laughs> Shout out to death of the print medium. Good for you, man. Buy my book, The Sports Radio Bible, exclusively only on Amazon. <laughs> Professor Andrew Zimmel, soon to be included in some sort of curriculum, maybe from Barnum and Bailey's Clown uh, College of Communication. Oh, 100%, dude. Me... And Dan Patrick, we're going to co-open a school. What does he do? Does he do Full Sail or something? Yeah, he does. That? He does. Full Sail University. University. I plan to go to the University of Phoenix and have my University of Phoenix broadcasting school. Learn how to be a broadcaster like yours truly on your couch. You can do it. Most podcasters do anyway. I'm in my kitchen. But yeah, I understand your point. <laughs> this is from our guy, Raymond McCumber. Big fan of the podcast. Question for the pod. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the future of Texas State football? Hashtag Take Back Texas 24 is already going crazy. You actually had a tweet about this this week about uh, one of the guys that they just, I guess, committed. Now, they're not signed. Keep in mind, they're still, what is that, Bobcat Juniors or whatever I called them in the last episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, we, we keep getting guys that are like three or four stars. So I think it's big. Um, I mean, look, the point is, the question was, how excited are you? I would say 10, man. I'm really pumped. Um, the first one they announced I, was uh, Brad Jackson, who is a 
pretty good quarterback out of isn't that San Antonio area or something like that? Yeah, shout out SA. I don't uh, I don't pay attention until about February on some of these commitments. I have not made I should make a rolling Google doc with all these guys' names, but they're commits, right? Not signing. Scratch them off when they when they go somewhere else. No. And now everybody's going fifty plus, like I said three and a half months ago about this shit. That's what the plus stands for. Um, no, I mean, like, I'm I'm excited for it. I, I would say 10 out of 10. Uh, I think that GJ has done everything humanly possible to get to this point. I think in my old age now, I'm starting to become soft as a professional hater. Normally, I'm very much like I can pick something and like really like, oh, I'm going to go really hard at this. I got really nothing to be angry about. Everything seems to be going the right way for Texas State. I feel like the recruiting cycle for Texas State has caught up with the rest of college athletics. Like for the longest mm, time, I'm not going that far. I feel like for the longest time, like you would see like signees and stuff for like class of 2016, class of 2017, you know, but like they would be like individually compartmentalized based on the signing period themselves. Now you're seeing guys like, oh, it's baseball season. Hey, I'm going to commit to Texas State. I play fucking lacrosse. I don't know, whatever they play. You know, obviously, Texas State doesn't participate in the lacrosse aspect. Soccer, whatever. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. And uh, the same can be said for like the offseason sports right now. Like Trouty, he's tweeting a bunch of like that gif of him and Ty Harrington aggressively shaking each other's hands uh, because, you know, they're all just recruiting and stuff. Coach Johnson, same thing. Uh, Coach Antoine, same thing. I'm having fun just watching everybody's uh, stuff pick up. And maybe it's because I had not really participated in that aspect of college sports before, like watching where all these kids ended up. Um but yeah, but yeah, no, I was going to say, I was like, I, I think I did Texas catch up with the rest of the country when it comes to recruiting. I think that football is getting close to that, but I think the rest have, were already there. Like, you know, you threw football, you broke the you threw Ferraris out of the garage, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or we just got a new Ferrari. We went from like a 1993, like Metro Geo to like having an actual like car that can get us places we want to go, which is GJ. We'll see if he gets us where we want to go or if he breaks down the side of the road like a Jaguar. So you tweeted about this kid. What was the latest kid that you tweeted about? You said, I don't know much about this, but I feel like this could be good. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> which is up. like, if I tweeted that, you know, like I could say the same shit. Uh, it was uh, Jeremy Jackson Jr. who committed in one of the coolest graphics I think ever. We'll throw that up here too. And when he pulled up the Texas State, that was the thing that really got me. Now, Jake, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The reason I thought it was such a big deal is because of how many UTSA fans were bitching about it later. Oh, that man. that was the other thing. I was like, uh-oh. You're behind enemy lines on that. You follow a lot of you know, UTSA. I yeah. Really, I guess it's all of college football that you follow probably. You know, I was anointed the uh, college football expert by the the powers that be so i have to i legally have to keep up with you all know everybody people. in fucking north texas too because of your tcu connections oh yeah you know they really hate me in fort worth it's it's a really interesting dynamic that i've built um, Shout out uh take back texas 2024 though i guess they're committing to the whole take back texas thing you know usually teams will have like different phrases or you know turn of phrases and stuff we had party in yeah, there. Yeah, no, I look, we made fun of it. <laughs> and you know, we can go back and watch. We made fun of it. We've made we said it was kind of lame, but it's one of those things that grows on you. You know, take back Texas when you're winning games and you got cool graphics. I was like, all right, you know, but when we started and it was a four-win program and a guy that just lost to North Dakota State just rolling in here and telling me that we're taking back Texas, I'm like, look, one of the schools here has Archie Manning, another one of these schools has a guy who potentially could win a Heisman too. SMU is pretty damn good, UTSA is on the rise. 
take back Texas. What the hell are you talking about, dude? Like, we're just trying to take back our lunch money that keeps getting stolen from the Sunbelt East and West. Like, you know what I mean? But now it feels like we're getting recruits from the state. Uh, things are kind of starting to turn the right way. And for the first time in four years, at least, I feel really good coming into a season. Now, we will see if those warm, fuzzy feelings continue after our little date in Waco. But, you know, I don't think anybody's ever gone to Waco and left feeling better than when they went there. Um, have you ever been to the silos at Waco? I know it's like a tourist trap. Take me to the silos. So a lot of yeah. like basic. No. Uh, I've been I've been to the I've been to the, I went to the football yeah, stadium. I McLean checked out stadium. the RG three statue. Yeah, I like I like the football stadium. I like the campus. The campus is fine or whatever. Um, I think that the can I. Here's a hot take for you, all of you, you know, North Central West Texas fans here. Texas Tech campus greater than Waco campus. I think that I think the Raiders do a little bit better than the Bears when it comes to like on campus stuff. I was in uh, I was in uh, Lubbock in March and I don't know what's going on over there, but I understand how a rash would occur because I had a lot more fun in, in Lubbock than I did in Waco. Put it that way. This is basically a country music adjacent podcast. Two songs for you, Zimmel. First, Don't Let Me Die in Waco by Croy and the Boys. Don't let me die in Waco. And uh, West Texas is the best Texas. Best Texas by the Panhandlers, Josh Abbott and Co. You know what's funny? My third life that I lead is a country radio host. I am a country radio, radio DJ in uh, the Midwest. That's what and I'll tell you. It does. It does. Keep the lights on. And I'll tell you, man, they are not big fans of Josh Abbott up here, but no, I will force, no I'm, I'm force feeding him. I'm force feeding him Josh Abbott. Trust me. Hmm. Well, how does uh, Clayto Cordero and Flatland Cavalry get along up there? Uh, Flatland Cavalry gets some, get some people turning their heads. I will say, I think Greg Abbott does better than Josh Abbott up here. Greg Abbott versus Josh Abbott. It's pretty good. What about Abbott Pharmaceuticals? How about that? I don't know about them. Um, Don't know enough. One of my friends was like, hey, why do you listen to Flatland, man? All their shit is so sad. And I was like, oh, but you listen to Turnpike? Turnpike doesn't have a, a happy song that they've ever made. They've got some happy songs, but uh, I would have just said I'm depressed. Check that box. Answer my phone calls when I call. I'll tell you, ever since I started telling my friends that I'm on antidepressants, they picked up the phone a lot quicker. That's all I'm going to say. Put the suicide helpline down here. 988. Run that number across the bottom of the screen. Okay. That was kind of a lot. <laughs> Take back, Texas. You're going to have to cut some of this. Some of this is going to be left on the cutting room floor. Oh, this one's from Rep the State, a.k.a. Allen. Uh, I retweeted this on our account. Um, I met him in person at UTSA. That's why I'm calling him by his first name. Um, but Doxing he tweeted him. about the new look for Boko. And then Kelly. Oh, I fucking hate it. And then uh, Kef also tweeted about it. Of course, we were like, what the fuck? Uh, Boko looks weird. Boko oh, looks it looks funny. awful. Yeah. Boko looks like a cartoon reanimated. Oh, that look that I, I am not a fan. I am not a fan of the new Boko redesign. I like the old Boko. I knew the old Boko. I knew I love the old Boko. Me too. The new Boko looks like a, a furry man. Yeah, the I, new Boko I understand, does not look good. I understand that the and maybe this will be like take back Texas and we're talking about it in a couple months and being like, oh, it really grew on us. But man, I didn't like it. I was not a fan with that new redesign. And the other thing is we have so much Boko stuff 
that is just branded on all of the st- photos, posters, you know, all over campus. And now, like, what do you do? Because it's it's almost like having photos of like your deceased husband in the house and the new guys around. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> that's not my dad. That's not my Boko. Well, you know, I I've gotten like, I guess after Texas State, not like, hey, you know, waving my finger, but like I've been like, hey, we shouldn't like ask for like moving conferences. We shouldn't ask for like extension of rivalries with who fucking I don't know Louisiana schools, whatever. But basically, like I think I just want people things to stay the same. And maybe that's me like dipping into my college. Maybe that's you being a conservative. Maybe. But, like, I think you don't need to change very much things at Texas State for it to maintain success. We just saw DJ Kinney's picture, the 8,000 fucking students and stuff. You roll out fucking Boko next. Like, I don't know. A rare, a rare L, maybe? for Well, Kelly, reason? Kelly, come on and change our mind. <laughs> Is that what we're going to ask him next week? Hey, why, Honestly, why the fuck did you change Boko? <laughs> look, look, dude, I mean, you changed the coaching staff. I, we I was fine with that. I was fine with that, right? You you go and you're on all these committees and you're putting Texas State's name in everybody's head and 8,000 kids show up because they want to be a Bobcat. I'm all for it. But here's the thing, man. If if our Bobcat looks like he should be in San Diego at Comic-Con every weekend. Like, worse. It's like the AVN festival. He looks like a furry, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look. And God bless the kid that's in that costume. Because maybe, it, honestly, maybe this is an upgrade because it's going to be like a little cooler, hopefully. I don't know. But the first thing I saw, I was like, it I was just taking it like back. a new head, though. It doesn't look like, you know, like I think they no, just spent thinner. money on a new head. Looks, it looks thinner. It looks like a thinner, thinner well, boco. Doesn't that boil down to the person inside the, the cat? No. It's like, no, are you serious? I it's think you're costume. bullshitting because I've seen this motherfucker in person doing belly flops and stuff. It's the same costume. Okay. What do you mean? I'm going to put old Boko side by side on the floor as a child beats him with a balloon. And then the new Boko right here as I'm talking about this. And you make up your mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Conservative talk host Jacob Rodriguez. Uh, I don't want things to change. Build that wall between uh, I-35 North and South. Well, but kind of this is what I was getting down to that with that take is that Texas State changing is in the fucking university's bloodline, right? This is the university that changed its name seven fucking times. We had a live Bobcat at one time before PETA was like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. And then we changed it into Pause and Market on campus. Pause and Market? Are you serious? Yeah, man, look it up. Oh, golly. That's mm-hmm. insane. Kind of I would love I think we could still have a Bobcat. Like, I feel like that's not bad. Oh, it's $7,000. To just to buy one? Yeah, They're free yeah, outside, maybe, Andrew. What are you talking maybe, about? Maybe things have changed with inflation, but I remember my freshman year, I was like, I would love a live Bobcat. And I looked online, and you can buy one. I don't know if it's legal. I don't know, but in Texas, big game a wild is legal. animal, right? It's kind of like the whole yeah. like, let them run free kind of thing. But then like, yeah. you can go to a gas station in Louisiana and see a tiger, so, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just true. But in Texas, but then you don't like, want like a bobcat to maul somebody, I guess. Well, right? I mean, is that honestly, if you have to make me sit and wait for the crowds to part when one of those crazy people are talking on the square or like in the in the free speech area or get mauled by a bobcat, it's a tough call. It's a tough, tough call. 
I don't think a bobcat would kill you like very fast, like a tiger would. Like if you if like some drunk guys from the square ran up, started messing with the bobcat. I'm assuming. Texas oh yeah, no, they're of, losing. They're Texas losing some fingers. The Corps cadets are protecting this bobcat 24 seven, right? They're losing some fingers. I don't think they would die. I think you could yeah. fight off a bobcat a little bit easier than a tiger. I'm not an animal I, expert. I think so too. But they're I do smaller. watch a lot of UFC, so. Could you could you sleep or hold a bobcat? For sure. In the wild? I do that to my cat all the time. Okay. I've been training for this, actually. I call it cat jitsu. So. I uh, hope, verdict, I hope... verdict on the new Boko look? All right. It was like when they un- unrolled that new Texas State logo, the TXST. That shit looks like ass still, man. I Remember said, when we... they were like, this isn't just for a- athletics, and we were like, Keep that shit away. I was from like, the... you better not use that shit for the school of journalism, motherfucker. Yeah. Keep, keep that thing away from the uh, engineering department because we are never going to get a Boeing contract with that, bro. Uh, let that be like for the math lab, you know, or ITAC, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Put that, make, you know, every time I get my laptop fixed, I should have to slap a sticker on there. I teach people for opening up phishing emails. <laughs> Do you remember when they were doing that? When they were giving out like gift cards for like if you can spot the fake email? Yeah, I'm. I was really good at those. Really? Do you remember when they were giving out the Apple watches for the people who wanted to have their heart rate checked? I'm still so bad at them. Like at work now, as a grown really? man, like you know, like they'll do like the fake ones. Like I hey. got burned once, and you and Jason gave me so much shit that I have never, I have never gotten a phishing email again. What do I? What, do was, I, what can I say? I, I want to help all these princes who are just down on their luck, you know. No, it was it was Johnny Depp died. That was like the headline. Remember? Oh I yeah, you, you fucking Jason. did tweet about it though. I texted journalist. you and Jason, and you were like, "You both gave me so much shit for it that now every time I get any sort of like letter in the news or like anything that I'm gonna have to double check, I'm like, all right, just Google it." Just find out because TMZ will have it. You know, somebody else will have it. I my email is not the first place this news is breaking for like celebrity stuff. And I haven't I think, ever got caught. I think uh, Kobe's death was like the very first time I took TMZ like super like seriously as a news organization because I was like, oh fuck, they were right. That sucks. Now were they wrong were for getting the pictures died. of Kobe's death from the helicopter crash from the Broward County Sheriff's Office or whatever that is? Yeah. 100%. Orange County. Orange County. But you, you were alive. You were alive when uh when when MJ died and they yeah. broke that story. So yeah. um speaking about that new logo, that Texas State logo, uh we spoke to Daniel DePrado at this week's Texas State uh press conference talking about fall camp. He's the assistant coach and special teams coordinator. People were asking him, Hey, what does being the basically assistant, you know, coach mean? And it's like uh, nothing really like in at least like on paper, nothing. But like whenever G.J. Kenny needs him to do something, he steps up was his answer. Um, yeah, shoot. I don't know. I'd have to ask Coach Kenny on that one. Um, no, I mean, shoot. He uh, he's incredible to be around. Right. And if there's certain things like you said that he might, hey, you know, will you go handle this or, or go from there? But as far as something on paper, absolutely nothing. Um, so uh, it's one of those that. Um, I just try and I try to add as much value as I can to the program. And, and at the end of the day, if there's something that he would like me to do, I'm there. And my door's always open and I'm always willing to help. Because um, at the end of the day, right, we all wear the logo. And, and we're all going to be um, 
we're all going to be looked at and viewed by how we polish that logo every single day in every single thing that we do, whether that's opening the, the door for somebody at the grocery store or if you have the logo on, you're representing this great university and obviously this program. And in that aspect, Coach Kenny, right? He is the head football coach. He is directly responsible for this program. So I take a lot of pride in, um, in representing this great brand um, every single day, um, every single day that, that we're out there moving around. Um, I think that's fair. Right. Solid answer. What does it look like in the bank account? That's the question. I'm sure that's basically where it's significant. Right. I mean, this guy was also like, you know, people have compared him to like John Fossil, like one of the best special teams coordinators. Now the special teams coordinator at the Dallas Cowboys, Um, but special teams. And I wanted to tell him this actually at the press conference. Obviously, Zimmel has mentioned this before. If you can't believe it in the podcast, I am actually five foot seven feet tall. I was four nine until my sophomore year in high school, if you can believe that, I know I have a larger than life personality, but I don't let that get the better of me as a short king in America. <laughs> I really got you on that one, huh? Well, yeah, I was not expecting that. Anyway, I played special teams. I was a special team guy. I was a, I was a punt return guy. I was, got not, her. I was not a punt return <laughs> I'll tell you that much because that is scary. Uh, but I was on the putt routine unit, and that is very smart football. There's a lot of uh, football IQ you need to know. So I'm always sticking up for the special team guys, a.k.a. our boy, Seamus O'Kelly. Our boy, Seamus O'Kelly. Ride or die, punter. And he even said, if Seamus punts a lot during the game, we are not doing well. So my everyday wish is for him to not play well. And then at, in the punting game, yeah, you're right. Seamus is, he's kicked up, or excuse me, he's punted. A lot of balls in games. Um, at the end of the day, I'm gonna before every game, I'm gonna go to him and the long snapper and say, "Hey, man, I wish you the best of luck. I hope you don't play, um, because the less they play, obviously, the better we're doing in that aspect." But um, when his, when him and and, and David Nunes has done a great job. Um, he's 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 been performing well. He's a great athlete. Um, but when those guys' opportunity comes, they got to take advantage of it. We got to be able to cover and pin teams down and do a great job. But at the end of the day, we don't want them to play a lot. No, 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 no. You want him to play well. You just don't want to have to use him. You know yeah, what I, I mean? Because so. you want yeah. him to pin back defenses and stuff, but you don't want yes. him to punt for 400 yards a game. You want to, yeah, you want to see your punter, the amount of times you want to see the person, you're, you're a colonoscopist, honestly. You want to get a, you want to have a punter and a colonoscopy around the same time. Twice a game, three times a game. Like, you don't want to see him a whole lot. Now, how the fuck has Seamus or any or James Sherman, right, was a kicker for Texas State. Now he's the yes. team guru, director, chaplain, something, something like that for Texas State. Yeah. How did like we not have some sort of a Sunbelt all-conference award for those guys? You know, like we're kicking, like attempting to kick 50-plus yard field goals at one point. Because they weren't as good as Tyler Bass, Jacob. Is that what you want me to say? I guess so. I, I don't want to hear it, though, because I believe in Seamus. I, I think Seamus has never... We've had a punter, but we haven't used the punter correctly until we got this new special teams guy, maybe is what I'm trying to get to the point of. Because you right, you have your special teams guy, and you kind of don't want to use him because it's not a sexy position, right? Unless you're breaking off for like a 99-yard kick return. Look, I think special teams is one of the more underrated, underappreciated parts of the game. I, I've always said that if your kicker or your punter is the best player on your team, you have a really bad team. But sometimes that just is how the world works. Sometimes that's how you that's the best player on your team. And Texas State for the longest time, the punters and the kickers have been some of the better players on the team, to be completely honest with you. You pull out the new Madden game and you look at like the ratings for guys. I mean, Justin Tucker is one of the highest rated players on the Ravens, right? And 
and that's not to take anything away with the rest of the Ravens. Ravens are going to be a good squad this year. Justin Tucker's just that good. And you hope that Sheamus is in the same thing where, you know, he's really good. The rest of the team is really good too, but he's just one of the better guys. That's what you hope for at least. Yeah. Former Longhorn, Justin Tucker. Did you love Justin I Tucker? I slipped that in there. Yeah. Lifelong Longhorn, Justin Lifelong Tucker. Lifelong Longhorn, Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. I, we got to come up with something like that for the Bobcats. What? Lifelong cat? Lifelong Bobcat? Yeah, no, it can't be lifelong. It's well, got wait, a... What's the motto? It's uh, once a Bobcat, always a Bobcat. Yeah, but we're not slipping that in there. But with... you know what's going to happen, right? If this team has any semblance of success, this is my, oh, fucking, my, God, this is my fucking opinion. <laughs> As the guy who hates anybody who didn't go to college at Texas State rooting for the Bobcats and jumping on this bandwagon. Um, a lot of people did go to Texas State, right? It was either their first school, maybe they transferred out, went to UT, Greener Pastors, some bullshit like that. If they start claiming this team when we go to a bowl game, we win a bowl game, we beat Troyer for homecoming or something, I'm going to be really upset. Jacob Rodriguez, the hipster of college football. Our team is so much in the dirt that if anybody wants to join this, I don't care if it's a kid in freaking Boise, Idaho, who just likes the way the Supercat looks. If he wants to join, let him join. Yeah, I joined just for the new Boko, man. I'll tell you what, if the new Boko shows up at a furry convention and we, he brings those fans, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Gladly accept those fans. Gladly accept the furry convention fans on the Bobcat bandwagon. All the Naruto people to run in. <laughs> like, hey, uh, I'm here to see Boko, man. Baylor does that with... Baylor does that with their students. They have them run on the field. Texas State, new tradition. Have Boko in the... Naruto in the, run onto the field with yeah. your furry fucking mascot. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm actually with it. I, I, right behind Kelly on the motorcycle. You have new traditions. Kids, Naruto run yes. with, the, with the furry mascot. Yes. Book it. Kelly, what are you doing? Are we your print the shirts. Yeah, print the shirt. Somebody, EliteSports.com. Use code square at checkout. Zim, we're tailgating. The only way you could look cooler at a tailgate is by rocking a unique fit, you know? Women, obviously, are rocking boots, short shorts, and some sort of either jersey or maroon, something or other. The guys, we gotta go off with the fits. The fits. I'm talking polos. I'm talking uh, button ups. I'm talking graphic tees and more mm. at Elite Sports. Now, you're a polo guy. I'm a graphic tee guy. It just goes to show you the different. Look uh, at us right now. The form, yeah, there's formulas of how we how we do things. I think the graphic tee, we're a little bit relaxed. You might not be talking to the girls, but I think the fellas, you're rocking in the, the uh, shade a the little bit. circles. Trading a couple of adult beverages. The polos, though, that is how you talk to the ladies in the Dixie, or the Daisy Dukes in the boots. You would know. I would, yeah. So, polo or graphic tee guy. I could have a photo of me and Alyssa at token. Anyway, if you go to EliteSports.com. You can both. Forward slash star, actually. I think it's cute that they added the star. You know, we have the background and stuff. But EliteSports.com forward slash star. You can browse the entire collection. Support an athlete directly on their site. Malik Hornsby, Ashton Ogden, Dan Foster Jr. There's a bunch of guys on there from the football team. And if that's not your cup of tea, volleyball, baseball, basketball. Name your pick. It's on there. EliteSports.com forward slash square. Forward slash star? Forward slash star. Use code square at checkout. Help out the podcast. Help out the pod. Uh, did you see this, uh, Zimmel? G.J. Kinney's favorite musical artist is, drum roll Ooh, please. Lil Baby. Lil Baby, exactly. 
little baby. I was shocked how many Cole Swindell fans are in the Sun Belt. They had all the coaches on the Sun Belt and their favorite artist. And I, you know what, dude? I was shocked. I'm be real with you. I don't know GJ clearly well enough to be like like to know what he likes because Lil Baby was not on my list of uh, that's of what he walked out he to for uh, media days. Remember that when he was like, "Hey, I, thanks I, no, for no, 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 no. Cool I remember that. I remember that. But I'll, uh, that was one of those things where it's like, all right, you know, that's pretty quirky, that's unique, and that should have tipped us off. But again, before media day, if you would have said Lil Baby, you'd been like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" And here we are. Well, he's a young coach. What is he like? 32? I don't know. He's not that young. He's not he's not young enough that like you're listening to a little baby on the drive home after practice. Yeah, maybe he is. It just takes me back. Took me by surprise. Do you know when his uh freshman year album came out? Little baby? Yeah. Uh 2018? I think it is 2017. I could, oh, was pretty sure this was my preparation actually for going to the press conference this week as I just went through Lil Baby's discography once I saw that GJ Kinney had just, you know, basically said that Lil Baby was his favorite artist of all time. Yeah, Perfect Timing came out in 2017. 12-song album, really great. Uh, I only really like one song. It's Our Year, Lil Baby and Dunna. Uh, Ooh. Shout out to the Rico case he's facing with Young Thug. Is that the song? Is that going to be the song of the of the season, Jacob? Our Year? Our year. And you know what? That is why I like it, because I think G.J. Kinney likes that old era. Uh, I saw somebody no, else. I don't care about the era. I'm talking about the song, like because it's our year, because it's the Bobcats year. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, perfect timing, too. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? No. The album name? That's the album name. Also, I think Lil Baby has the worst fucking album names ever. First one, Perfect Timing. Second one, Harder Than Hard. Se- uh, third one, To The Hard Way. 2017, too hard. The second album, <laughs> harder than ever. It just gets worse and worse. Honestly, is that a Viagra commercial? I guess I don't know. It's like uh, "Dripper Drown" by Gunna. You know, I feel like his album titles suck ass too. It's no utopia. I'll tell you that much. Straight up. I saw somebody quote tweet that list though and go, "Hey, GJ Kinney's always recruiting. If you're a recruit, do you give a shit what your head coach listens to?" Because I for sure don't. No, that's insane. Uh, I mean, good for them. But like, I don't I don't think that that's like what he's doing. This is, again, people like leaning into like Boko being a furry and being like relatable to the younger generation. Naruto running on that better not be why they changed it. That better (laughs) not be why. That would be I will be so upset. I will be so upset if that's if that comes out to be true, that they change it to be more relatable to the youth. I'm going to be so upset. I wish they would bring back that scary one. Do you remember that fucking, it was like a dome-shaped head? Like yes. gigantic. Yeah, bring yes. that Boko back. Bring that's that one Boko. back. Yes. Uh, there's a good, there's a good uh, photo of Boko and a player from like 90, or probably like 85, 86, that I found online. And that one I like. Maybe I'll do a Taylor Swift uh, Eras tour edit of all the Bocos that we've had. Mm, there you go. Kind of fun. It's you. This man looks so tired. <laughs> Poor guy, man. He's he's putting his heart out on there. So I guess it gets easier, right? It has to get easier for him as he makes his way through the season. Kind of like for us. Like he's just making oh, yeah. content for us and then he just has to worry about well. Coaching. 
the thing is, is that like I think during the season, like it becomes like I'm not saying it becomes easier, but like you have less to worry about because right now you're worrying about uh, getting the team ready. You're worrying about making sure all the equipment's there. You're making sure the recruits are getting talked to and all this other type of stuff. But when the season starts, all that kind of falls away and you really only have to worry about your game plan. And it's the fun part. You get to play other people. So like it's going to be easier for him just because he's going to have less to worry about. And then when the season stops, you get like a week off. Then you got to start again. You got to start calling those recruits again. Even I think a week is even too long. Maybe it's like four days, honestly. I think um, it's, it must be tough, right? After you coach an entire season, you end up two and 10 and they're like, hey, can you get your ass up and go to this donor thing and try to get us some more money? And they answer questions nasty. from guys, answer questions from guys like you and me who are like, why do we suck? Yeah. Hey, why'd you like this tweet a couple weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> Group of five guys, another podcast on the Sunbelt uh they said that they have texted coming out of the West. I'm coming out as the winner, as a dark horse. Did Troy lose something? As a dark horse, okay, that makes sense. That's but see, that's just a take to have a take. Like, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, we don't we don't do that over here. Our takes are genuine. The things that we say, we have a little bit of like, well, we'll joke. We have fun over here, but we're not going to just tell you shit to tell you shit. And like, yeah, our our. Our takes are based on our gambling odds that week, honestly. And like, if you're telling me the text, like even as a dark horse, like I feel like you're you're kind of trying to blow smoke. Going to a bowl game is a realistic goal. Winning the West, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a tough league, man. The Sun Belt, it's tough. What then- we talked about the media aspect of Texas State being good, right? I saw a few guys from Austin this week at the presser and stuff like that. What I forgot is how many like old or defunct like Texas State like hype accounts there are. Oh my God, there's so many. And now that the team is like gaining momentum, gaining momentum, if we, our season really is based on the first like three games, right? First two away games, Baylor, if we're managed to upset Baylor, it's going to fucking explode in San Marcos. It's going to be crazy. Like nothing we've seen in the last like 10 years. Two, if we manage to upset UTSA after they beat uh, Houston, which is the Big 12, you know, their first year in the Big 12, it'd be crazy too. Also, if we beat Jackson State for the first home game, that'd be very good too. Jacob Rodriguez, if, if we, we go win, it'll be good. If we go three and oh, things will be exciting. Good shit. Well, you, we came you, to you managed to win any of those, really, right? Like the trajectory is is kind of like yours to decide for as far yeah, as yeah, yeah. Imagine how many more fucking so, like hype beast accounts are going to come out of that. Because now we can say we've been covering this team for what is it more than half a year, <laughs> routinely, routinely. I don't know. I, I I get where you're coming from. Um, I just there are a lot of defunct accounts now that now that X is really cutting down on like sharing of like Twitter accounts, because I don't know about you, but I've had to put in our Twitter password like four times in the last couple days. That, actually, I've had, I've had to, I've got kicked off a couple times and every time I'm like, is this the time that I don't log back on? <laughs> but I log back on. I was wondering uh, why you just tweeted at the account the other day. Like you, huh? you, you tweeted at the account the other day and I you normally just retweet yourself, but I retweeted you this time. And I was like, yeah, hmm, I wonder if you uh, just well, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get in. So it's like, I think that now we're going to have even more defunct accounts because it's going to be people who create them and then forget the password. That's where I was going with that. Okay. Speaking of media, who covers Texas State, 
Dave Campbell's came out with their 2022 power poll, uh, you know, 2023, I should say, power poll for projections on how teams are going to finish and stuff. They have Texas State finishing 12 right after UTEP and just ahead of Sam Houston Bearcats. Yeah, second to last on that list. Second Here's to last. the thing, man, because it goes, it goes Rice at what, like 10, 10, and then UTEP at 11, and then that's at 12. I, Texas State has to be ranked ahead of those schools at the end of the year. Now, granted, the Dave Campbell's Power Bowl ranking, I love Mike Craven. We do the podcast for him. That does not matter. Those those are power poll rankings only matter to like, well, let's say they matter to us, but they don't have any real pull. They don't do anything. Um, but we got to get ahead of Rice. We got to get ahead of UTEP and Sam Houston State. We should beat them. Or I'd be ahead of them in their first year in FBS. This if we end up because you you mentioned this like at eight what was it eight and five eight and four was is some of those. Yeah, like Houston went eight and five last year. If yes. I'm not saying they will go eight and five again, but if they did, like how many other teams can do that? You know, like there's only so many teams. The, the old saying is somebody's O has got to go, right? Let's see. Uh, Texas will potentially be a 10 win team. So that would be 10 and two. I don't think AM does it. I don't think Tech does it. TCU, I don't think, does it. I don't think Baylor does it. So you're looking at a bunch of teams. You're looking at one school in the state with double-digit wins. And you're looking at maybe A&M. So let's say eight eight wins for A&M, eight wins, ten wins, or nine wins for TCU. I don't think Tech gets to eight wins. I don't think Houston gets to eight wins. I don't think Baylor gets to eight wins. So if Texas State is six and six, that's not terrible. That might be good enough to get us in the top five, top six teams in the state of Texas, especially, we always talk about the history of the Bobcats and how it's so awful, right? Like, outside, or let's say the history of FBS Bobcats, outside of a couple of years we got snubbed, it's not a lot to look back on. This is where our history will help us, because if we have a good season this year, 6-6 six six is a good season. If we have a good season this year, all, all that old shit is going to make us look even better. It's going to ri- make us rise to the top. It's like, hey, remember when they were awful, and now they're 6-6? Six and six? Let's put them higher. That, that I'm telling you, we are so close to being the UTSA of 2023. Don't say that. We're we are so close. <laughs> Don't say that shit. We are so close to being a media darling. That, okay. Like you know that everybody's talking. Oh, look at this upstar program. Hey, remember when they were awful? I don't even know where San Marcos is on a map. Now I know I'm where with it you. is. I'm right? with you. We are so close to being a media darling and putting UTSA to the side. And if Texas has a so-so year, put them to the side and Sam Marcus can rise to the top. Get hyped. Get hyped. Jacob's getting hyped. Party in the end zone? Question mark? Now you ruined it. Now you ruined it. What well, do you go from take back Texas, I guess? Like, you, you just keep you just, going. You ride that shit into the dirt. You ride that shit into the dirt. I like it. I guess I don't know. They have a recruiting coordinator. I got to see him at practice. Also, a lot of children at practice. <laughs> like, there's a lot of children. Coaches' children. Like, I, I looked behind me at one point. I was taking pictures when I wasn't supposed to, and uh, I was like, "Wow, is there a daycare behind me?" Like, future Archie Mannings of the world. Future Archie Mannings. Yeah. I can't wait for the class of 2048 to have uh, have some of these kids. You want to finish this one with uh, Coach Trouty dancing with the women's basketball team? Mm. Uh. Uh. Uh, uh, uh. Who's got better dance moves, Coach Trout or Furry Boko? Trout. Wow, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.
Uh, follow us at Square and Pod. We're getting closer to the first week of games, man. Every every day is another hour closer to getting Texas State football back. Let me see what's the actual countdown. It's like uh, very close. What's week zero? Like next week, right? Well, uh, 26. 16 days away from Baylor at this moment of recording, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being informed. You know what they say about voting, Andrew? You just got to get out there and do it. It's the same way about like uh, supporting your team. You just got to get out there and do it. So if you want to change the athletic department on a very short-term basis, get out to a game. Thanks for watching, everybody. We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Better not come any closer. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up.